Round 17, Giants 13. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we got ourselves a preseason game to recap. Uh, we're going to do our players of the game and kind of just hit on position by position, so get, take some takes out of it. But Justin, uh, how, how are you feeling in a pre- after a preseason game where really none of the, almost none of the starters played? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Um, last week, um, a lot of people talked about how the game was boring and it was almost unwatchable. And I, I was at the game, so I was like, yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. I just enjoyed being there, and I watched what I wanted to watch. Well, I don't blame you if you had that take last week. Even though this game was a little bit more exciting because it was closer, and the Giants weren't relying on a Hail Mary like comeback, even though there was a Hail Mary at the end, it was a very, very boring game, especially when you do consider that not even the starting offensive line played. Like, at least we had that last week against the Jets. But very boring game. Uh, there's not a ton of takes I feel like you can take out of it and we'll talk about exactly why even though I get a lot of people maybe frustrated about various things but one week closer to football it's just good to see these guys back out there and how are you doing well I'm doing all right uh but you said this the game was boring you know there's a couple boring people I know we got Trey Randini and we got Ross Cole Justin who are these boring less personality wow uh lacking individuals wow ross cole how dare you say that somebody with the last name cole love that last name these non-boring people because bobby skinner's mean they went to patreon.com backslash talking giants patreon's been doing some fun things they have a really tight-knit community over there and i think we do a good job of kind of fostering that community so patreon.com backslash talking giants you get to hang out with us while we record the shows like so for example we have about 15 people in here right now watching us break down this game live before it goes on podcast before it goes on the youtube bobby gives you a free magnet and you get entered into shirt raffles which i believe is also happening after the show patreon.com backslash talking giants one week closer to regular season football all right before we get into individual players None, almost none of the starters played. I mean, the only stars that played were, you know, Xavier McKinney, Xavier McKinney, and Darnay Holmes, really, and and Julian Love, if you want to count him. But they didn't play any starters. In fact, only sixteen guys who I think are like you can be pretty confident are going to make the roster play. And I, at first, I said seventeen, but uh, Graham Gano didn't play because Ryan Santoso, which is something we can actually talk about at the end of the episode, which we're going to take a little note of. But like, here's the guys who played that are going to make the roster. Mike Lennon, Devontae Booker, Corey Clement, Elijah Penny, Caden Smith, Jonathan Harrison, Carter Coughlin, Reggie Raglan, O'Shane Zimenez, and Efedio Denebo. And I even saw a couple people like disputing that. Um, Cam Brown, who's kind of a special teamer anyway. Darnay Holmes, Xavier McKinney, and Julian Love. So essentially 13 players who aren't just special teams players. Because Cam Brown is making the roster because of yep. special teams. Um, and Joe Judge explained it. Uh, he's, you know, and he also reiterated that the starters will play the first half next week versus New England. He's like, hey, this was part of our plan with this joint practice. He's like, we went competitive like crazy against Cleveland for two days. You know, it was very competitive. And we just, you know, we wanted to let those guys, you know, focus on that practice and then, you know, uh, you know, try and avoid injury. And then next week is when they're going to do their dress rehearsal for their starters. 
Yeah, and that's how Carl Banks and Bob Papa started off the bro- their broadcast today. I know NFL Network were showing the Browns telecast, so Bobby, maybe if I'd be interested to hear if they said anything about the joint practices on their end and their observations. But they started Joe off. Joe Thomas the, said the Giants got the better of the Browns on the on day two. How about that? Well, well, I I thought that was obvious. I think day one was a little bit more debatable, but still, I was overall very happy with how the Giants competed against a very good football team and a very well-run football team in the, in the Cleveland Browns. But they started off that telecast, their telecast Papa and Banks did, by saying that it was a, a very intense two days of practice. And obviously with Sterling Shepard and Troy Hill getting in a you know a swinging match that half the people in the world thought was a joke at first. And then it's like, oh, no, it's not a joke. Um, they were swinging at each other. And you know Troy Hill with the slow hands and Sterling Shepard with the nice duck. Um, so, yeah, it was intense. I my main point from this game just outside of the football field because a lot of people were upset before the game started that the starters weren't playing first of all what are you going to learn from seeing Daniel Jones for like two series like what are you really going to learn from Daniel Jones we're not really going to learn anything and, and if anything you're putting him in, in you're putting him in harm's way so that's so that's number one and number two, if you are frustrated from this game, like Snacks is, I talked, I had to talk Snacks off a ledge for a half an hour after the game. But if you do go position by position, you look at who started and who did not. Like the guys that were here today, they're God willing, they're just not going to be part, major parts of what makes this football team churn this year on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. So you also have to keep that in mind if you're a little frustrated from what you saw on the field today. Yeah, I mean, the most important player that played today was probably Xavier McKinney, and he played one series. And, and Darnay Holmes only played a couple series, you know. I do think they need to play next week, though, and they will play next yeah. week. But, like, I do think Daniel Jones needs some reps, not necessarily to get hit or t- for the experience, but more so, like, okay, let's get back in the swing of the pressure matters. Like, you don't get to just, you know, throw the ball and avoid hits without having to do anything. Like, like every sack, it needs to be, like, it ruins the play. Not like, oh, that one might have been a sack. Did they call it dead kind of thing? Like, no. It's like, if you get sacked on this play, it ruins the play, which should speed up your time. It's just, you can't replicate. That's the one thing you can't replicate in practice. They did, uh, Rappaport said Saquon would be ramped up this week. I don't think we're seeing Saquon next week. Um, I I just don't think they're going to give him any game reps if he hasn't gotten, like, a full practice load in. So, yeah, I mean, they didn't play him. Whatever. Whatever your opinion is. Whatever. Now, let's talk about our players of the game. And Justin, for a second week in a row, Carter Coffin, Carter Coffin, four tackles, another sack, another tackle for a loss. And he's just proving that he is a weapon for Patrick Graham. He is forcing Patrick Graham at this point to play him in the regular season. I don't know if he'll be the starter week one, but if he can, if he like can replicate some of this, obviously I'm not going to say he's going to get a sack and a tackle for a loss every game of the year, or else he'd be like one of the best inside linebackers in the game. But if he can re- replicate this type of play, then he's going to play himself into the starting lineup over Tate Crowder, over Reggie Ragland, especially when you're next to a guy like Blake Martinez. Maybe if you didn't have a guy like Blake Martinez, maybe you pump the brakes a little bit. But let you like Carter Coffin play his gap, play it fast, play it aggressive. He is becoming a weapon. And they didn't do this last week, but it's something we talked about with Carter Coffin, an inside linebacker. What do we talk about? Like on third down, line him up in the A gap over the center and. Will he beat tackles consistently as a pass rusher in the NFL? No, he won't. But he will interior offensive lineman. He will embarrass interior offensive lineman. And guess what? He did that. He got a sack. He also had another play uh, third down where he blitzed. Um, 
And that's where O'Shane Zimenez got the coverage sack on the sideline, which, you know, they forced Case Keem to roll out. I mean, he had some bad plays in coverage, which we'll talk about, but he is forcing Patrick Graham to play him. And he is proving why he is a weapon. And honestly, this in- this move to inside linebacker was perfect for him. I'm so happy they pulled the trigger on this move because it's, it's, it's going to pay dividends in the season when you have someone like him that you can move around the field and be a weapon. Yeah, I mean, similar takes as we had last week and kind of leading up to this game, too, about the value of Carter Coughlin and, you know, can he beat his team's Kyle Van Noy? I, so here, here's a transition because we know, you know, Carter Coughlin, good. You know, he had a sack, he had a QB hit. They also, uh, in the game log for the, the game, excuse me, the game book that they had from this Cleveland game, they also had him as for, for a tackle for loss. So good. You know, we've seen Carter Coughlin do very, very well and basically be the player of the game and be the best player on the football field, at least in talking about from a pass rushing standpoint, and then also uh, as a, you know, penetrating in the run game as well. But what is he going to do next week, and how is he going to be used next week with the starters hopefully playing a half a ball? And how does he fit when the speed of the game is ramped up just a little bit more? You know, I don't know if it's the scheme's going to be ramped up a little bit more too, but how is he going to look there, and how comfortable is he going to look? So that is my main question for him right now. But that's good. I mean, a challenging wanting more out of Carter Coffin when he's already showed this much. To be at this point is phenomenal when just a couple of weeks ago we were wondering, is he even going to make the team? And when the guy makes a position switch, especially to an inside linebacker role, it's like, is he going to be pa- – like your, your worry is like, is he going to be passive? Is he going to be overthinking it? And he's not. And he's made some mistakes because of it. You know, he, like he had a big mistake uh, versus the Jets, you know, where he was supposed to be man coverage and thought the running back was blocking and blitz and the running back caught the ball. And then he had one play, gave him a coverage, which like it was on him, but it, I, I, it wasn't like that – like. Blake Martinez probably gives up that same play. Every linebacker on the team probably gives up that same play. But he also, but he had the pat the defensive pass interference, which was big and it was bad and it was ugly. You know, which would, it would have been good coverage if he was able to turn his hips. You know, and and yeah. you know, get his head around. He could have had a, an interception, honestly, because he was in that position. But he just plays basically tackles the tight end when the tight end slows down to turn around and make the catch. And it's a big defensive pass interference, which like that, those are huge mistakes. You know, you can't have those in games. Those can be game changing plays. That was a third down, you know, so that can be the difference of a team punting the ball or getting, you know, a drive extended and scoring seven points. So you can't have those type of things. So he definitely has things to get better at. But again, I'd rather him be making mistakes because he's a little too aggressive than because than because he's too passive, which we see all the time with guys that switch positions. Even if it's the safety to a linebacker, yep. you see it. It's like you know Tay Davis. I I love Tay Davis's athletic ability. You know, going way back, but it's like he was so so passive. It's like when you when he went, he was it's like okay, he's good, he's fast, he's athletic, but he would just sit and sit, and he was passive, and he only played a zone in coverage, never turned you know never turned his uh, zone into man. So, yeah, he's got he definitely has things he needs to get better at. But you know what? Like, Tay Crowder's not a player without flaws. Reggie Ragland is not a player without flaws. Like, he's going to be playing next to Blake Martinez this and week one. Week one, he's going to get important reps, especially yeah. on third down. Yeah, he, he, well, thir- third down is tricky because if he's going to struggle in coverage. Now, Bobby, I have a feeling that, you know, Tay Crowder has his struggles in coverage. Every, every linebacker is somewhat at a mismatch when you have such freakish athletic tight ends freakish athletic running backs and et cetera, et cetera. You know, Devontae Downs was covering a running back out as a wide receiver today. And yes, Devontae Downs is bad, but and he allowed a big play, but also 
these guys are athletes and linebackers are big and strong and fast, but sometimes they're not as quick and fast as running backs and wide receivers and tight ends, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, Carter Coughlin transitioning positions into a position that he hasn't played since high school. He looked in coverage today like he hasn't been an interior linebacker since high school. And there are certain areas of which he is very, very strong in and certain areas and certain roles that he could play it as an inside linebacker where you don't know what he's going to do and you don't know where he's going to be. But also, if you're out there on third down and you see Carter Coffin in the A-gap, well, it's like, well, you have to think about this. There's a 75% chance he comes in and he blitzes because that's just what he's much better at. And then the 25% chance that he may drop back into coverage, let's target him and let's go at him because he's not used to it and because he just doesn't have that in-game reps of learning how to turn your head, learning how to put your hand up, learning how to not make contact with the guy in front of him or keep up with another guy. Does that make sense? Where And if anything, you lose, a, you lose that level of versatility when you have somebody who just doesn't know what to do out there. Yeah, I agree, but he also had like some good reps and coverage too. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like he was just being targeted like left and right. He had a bad, he had a bad play, you know. But like, but you know, that was, one bad play, a- that one bad play looked like, yeesh. That's my point. That's my yeah. Point. He like tackled a tight end um, while the ball was coming to him. Like it, it was yes, it was a very. But like he had another play where they you know tried to throw to the tight end on the bootleg, and he's playing right in that tight end's hip pocket, you know. Um, and there was a couple other plays so. Yeah, listen, I'm not sitting here saying like Carter Coffin is the next, you know, great inside linebacker, but like he's forcing the Giants to play him. Like the Giants will be playing him week yep. one, I believe, after I seeing these two preseason games. Absolutely. All right. Um next, offensive player of the game. And this one was really exciting for me. Jonathan Harrison. Started every game at center. He was the first Giants free agent of the free agency season, even though it was pre free agency season. It was in January or February when they signed him. Played the whole game at center, and he looked good, man. Like, he looked on a different level than every other offensive lineman that was out there around him. Like, he like he should be the first guy off the bench, like, how good he looked. Like, if Shane Lemieux, Will Hernandez goes down, you either put Jonathan Harrison at guard or you put Jonathan Harrison at center and Nick Gates at guard because he looks superior to the guys around him. Um, now, I do want to preface this with it was a lot of four-man fronts and not, not a lot of blitzing, um, and I did think the backup Cleveland D linemen were very slow. Um, so, you know, con- consider that in, in preseason, you know, but with all that, he looked athletic, like in the run game, working double teams, he was getting to the, like, he was getting to the second level so fast. Like he looked almost like a linebacker the way he'd get to the second level. Like it was really, it was really encouraging to see. He had a couple pancakes in the, in the run game. You know, there was one time where he rolled up the linebacker and, you know, the linebacker tried to stand over him after the play and bait him into a penalty. <laughs> that was funny. He just, he literally put his hand, like, laid it, like, you know, like a dead body com- uh, uh, composite, like, you know, composite sketch on the ground. Uh, I thought about it. It was just so tiny on the screen. But but anyways, like, he, he didn't get baited in that. And then in pass pro, had good feet, like, what good leverage, was working his hands, like, didn't miss an assignment, wasn't getting, like, pushed back. Like, he looked really good. Like, he was, you know, He's the reason. He's the, it's the reason I'm calling him the offensive player of the game. Like he might be the Giants' best backup offensive lineman because we haven't seen Nate Solder yet, and I don't think we're expecting the world out of Nate Solder when we do see him. Like yeah. he very well may be coming into this camp. We looked at Zach Fulton, or at least myself. Zach Fulton and Nate Solder is probably better depth options than Jonathan Harrison. And then they signed Joe Looney, and it's like is Jonathan Harrison even to make this team? He very well may be the best backup on this offensive line, which is extremely refreshing and. 
you know, we said this, I said this about Ted Larson when Bobby, you called Ted Larson, your player to look out for this weekend. And basically we were just begging for any backup offensive lineman to step up to make the giants job of post 50, you know, getting the roster down to the 53 man roster and the 53 cuts make the giants job easier where getting an interior offensive lineman isn't a life or death situation, right? Where before this game, it kind of was. We were looking at that data as like, oh my gosh, they need to add a couple bodies in here of guys that they're looking at and guys that they may like, maybe from Cleveland because they self-scouted and maybe from New England next week because they're going to have a look at those guys too. But if Jonathan Harrison can be that guy, the you know, the sixth slash seventh man where Solder is that swing tackle, Harrison can be that swing guard slash center, and you feel better about the depth of the offensive line because you're not going to have, as your sixth and seventh guys, you're not going to have, like, quality starter guys as your sixth and seventh guys or else they would start. Right, and, you know, Jonathan Harrison started, like, a good amount. Like, it makes sense that he's a good, like, he'd be a good backup, you know? It's not like... It's not like he's showing up out of nowhere where it's like, oh my gosh, like this guy, he started a good amount of games in the NFL. It was refreshing though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no doubt it was. And it was, he just looked like a different player than everyone else on the offensive line. Like, especially with the two guards next to him, which we're going to talk about next, the Kenny Wiggins, Ted Larson stuff. But it just looks athletic. Like he was, he just had a really good game. Now he had, he did have a couple of bad reps, you know, um, when the backside guard would pull and he was supposed to pin that uh that like defensive tackle three technique, he uh he had a couple of bad reps doing that. And there was one other rep I wrote down, but I think I threw my notes away on that. But it, you know, so he wasn't Oh, on the on the two point conversion, he got driven back like two yards and on that play. Um, you know, and, and the running back you know, Gary Brightwell bounced it and I'm sure that had a little bit to do with it. So so you know, not a perfect game. Um but he looked good out there, man. So that's just really exciting to see. Now, I do think the Giants should still be looking around for some oh, O-line yeah. depth. But like I said, it's it now, you know, I don't want to say now based off of just one game, but it would be nice where, like I said, before this game, it we're thinking it's a matter of life and death, <laughs> you know, because there was just no depth at all. But now it's like, all right, we have Harrison, we have Solder, let's just get another body in here to who can be more versatile, maybe play some guard, maybe play tackle, and then we can be solid with our three, you know, three or four backup offense alignment, however they want, however many they want to carry. And I want to talk about Kenny Wiggins and Ted Larson, but first, everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner. College football season, the Celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook app is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 more in any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more in any college football game, no matter what. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they're offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable. Located right here in the United States. Woo, America! So it's easy to pause and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code JOHNBOY to get your free $200 free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers apply. New customers only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler in Indiana. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. Justin, click, click. 
Now let's talk about the other offensive linemen that mattered, which is Ted Larson and Kenny Wiggins. So this was Ted Larson's first action with the Giants. And it started bad. I mean, go look at the first two passing plays of the game. Ted Larson basically just get like, gets like walked around by one of the defensive linemen. Where it's like, it's like, do you think this was a walkthrough or something? Like, just get tell us where they were playing. Them. So Kenny Wiggins was the left guard. So wh- what was what was the break? Wiggins was, was the left, left guard. Uh, uh, Larson was the right guard. There yeah. was one series where Larson went to left and Brett Haggy came in at right, but that was that was the alignment basically the whole game. It was just really bad. And then on that bootleg. Or on that play action, uh, Max Protect shot to David Sills, which we'll talk about. He just misses the blitzer. Like, he sees the blitzer coming, and he's helping his guy. And he just comes off way too late, and the blitzer gets in and gets a hit on on Mac, uh, Mike Glennon. But he did settle down after that, you know. Um, and, like, he, he doesn't have any horrible reps after that. Well, he has some bad reps, but, not, but nothing horrible. But it's just, there was nothing like, oh, that's a good rep from Ted Larson. Like there's there was never there was none of that. I think he's a better blocker than Kenny Wiggins. You know, watching Kenny Wiggins again, it wasn't a disaster game, but it's just he's very slow. Like his pad level's horrible. Like he's his, you know, he's not bringing his hands to the party. Uh, you know, he's he's hitting guys with his shoulder pads, and he has high pad level. When you see both of them pull, it's like Larson, while not fast, is faster than Kenny Wiggins. So, at the moment, I am Ted Larson's. It's greater than Kenny Wiggins, and that's not a Ted Larson and uh, encouragement. That is just Kenny Wiggins. You know, Kenny Wiggins just doesn't look like he's ready to play in the NFL. Ted Larson, it would maybe not be a disaster. But again, I think part of these guys not being a disaster, and maybe it's why we can, you know, relax a little on Jonathan Harrison, was that their the, the Cleveland interior D line was so slow. Like they were just ve- they were just a very slow group of backups they had playing on the D-line. And with four-man rushes, it was just it was kind of easy for the interior. Yeah, and when I was, I was going to say, when you consider that nobody was really blitzing all that much, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Browns only had, I believe, four or five QB hits versus the Giants had three sacks and six QB hits, if, if I'm rem- remembering it correctly. Um, all the Giants' sacks on offense were like QB, like, blamed like almost yeah. all of them were like the QB just didn't throw the ball and tried to like climb up through the pocket and got sacked yeah Lewerke was um climb in the pocket slash he's only been in the system for like five days so he doesn't know where to go with the ball so then he just runs forward and the defense alignment tackles him so yeah uh you know they didn't give up a lot of pressure and you know the running game was working quite well just about the old line as a whole it's it's tough to give takes because again I, I don't see these guys besides Jonathan Harrison and maybe one of Ted Larson or Kenny Wiggins. I don't see any of these guys being major contributors this year or even just making the team flat out. I don't see it. So, I mean, at the at this moment, Ted Larson's making the team. Right. Or or Kenny Wiggins. One of those two is making the well, team. Well, that's, that's what moment. I said. One one of the two. That's what I said. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, like, you don't see either one. No, one, one of the two. And Jonathan Harrison. Yeah, but basically, we liked what we saw from Jonathan Harrison. He's going to make the team. You know, we, he was going to make the team before today. Uh, yep. Still, they should still be looking for to add depth. Yep. You know, we could talk maybe a little about some trades when we talk about Santoso later. Other like big performer, David Sills. Nice. I, I don't think David Sills ma- is making the team at the moment. I just don't. I'm sorry, but he had three catches for 31 yards and that touchdown. And that touchdown was why we like David Sills. It's like that contested catch, kick. You know, Kenny. You know, poor man's Kenny Galladay had that. 
And he had another couple other plays that were left on the field. You know, like that play action shot from Glennon was overthrown. But Sills beat his guy. He stacked him, beat him. And then on the play action boot where they throw to Caden Smith and he catches it with one hand. Sills was wide. Oh boy, here we go. Oh my, I am so pissed he muted himself. He's sneezing like a madman right now. Oh wow, that was a short one. And um, David Sills was just like right in front of his face on the crosser out and he throws it to Caden Smith. Uh, and that could have been like a 15-yard play. He do- did have the offensive pass interference. He's playing a little special teams. I'm not really noticing him on special teams, but he is playing some special teams. Yeah, I'm not really paying attention. Besides well, we- the Cam Brown. Yeah, Cam Brown. <laughs> uh, but, man, it's he- what he is doing is that if he does get cut, it's going to be tough because you do see some like good stuff there from David Sills. If we didn't have Kyle Rudolph or if we didn't have Kenny Galladay, then I would feel uh... – a lot more personally invested in him making the team. It's just his skill set is nothing that fully separates him. A contested catch guy who had three catches for 31 yards and a touchdown today. Like, and I'm not diminishing. I can't. You can't diminish based off of just stats in a preseason game. But like, it wasn't. This kid's not Victor Cruz when he in the preseason when he did well. So I'm sorry. I'm just yeah. pooing on him. Well, no, it's just he plays for a guy that is would be the six-water receiver probably. It's really not the playing style you look for in that role. Where it's yeah. like you have to play, you know, be a special teams guy. And it's like, do you want your six-water receiver being a contested catch type wide yeah. receiver? Like, it just doesn't sound right. Uh, and it, it sucks he didn't get to stick around last year. Like, it sucks that he, he hurt his foot last year because last year was the year to happen. Oh, yeah. Giants thirsted for that. <laughs> certainly last year and I'm sorry I'm being a I'm poo-pooing on David Sills he's a, like he's a guy that you do want to root for but it I, when I look at John Ross's skill set and when you look at what a wide receiver six is supposed to do with you and a lot of people may argue that he should be wide receiver five I'm sorry John Ross just excites me more and if this and if we're going to carry six wide receivers it shouldn't be for David Sills I'm sorry wait if, good game wait, though say it again say that last part again if the Giants do carry six wide receivers, it shouldn't be for David Sills. Like, he Who shouldn't be the sixth guy. A guy that can contribute more in special teams, if they Who? really value that. Bored, I guess. Bored muffed the punt today. Well, he's, what is, he a, have you ever remembered a play that Bored made on special teams? I'm so sick of people saying Bored is like a good special teams player. I, I don't guess remember he's a gunner. I don't know. Do, do we need to We have to pay all attention? these gunners now. We have a million people who are gunners. Every, every guy we get, know. he's a gunner. I, I feel bad when I say screw special. You know what? I shouldn't feel bad. If you're really going to dislike me when I say that I hate special teams and I dislike it and I just don't pay attention to it, then you're going to dislike me for many other reasons in my life. So I'm just going to be the fan because this is a fan podcast. I'm just going to say I'm going to stop formulating takes around special teams. Okay, then who's your six wide receiver if they keep six? How about none of the above because I think they should just keep five. David Sills. I'm still on the Sills army. I want him on the roster. Um, don't. I just got low key mad. Just think about think about a player that other team teams would try to steal. Would CJ Board be that? No. Would David no. Sills? Absolutely. And yeah. David Sills already was one of that. The Giants stole him from the Bills. Yeah. Um So, you know, I, I I I want David Sills to make the roster. We got Cam Brown. We got you know Keon Cross, and we got plenty of guys who can play special teams. Okay. You know, our, our sixth wide receiver can be a guy that maybe doesn't play a ton of them. All right. Um, 
Speaking of the passing game, Glennon looked like a competent backup. That was nice. 10 of 13, 86 yards. I would have liked him to hit that one crossing route where he was throwing on the run. I don't think throwing on the run is Mike Glennon's specialty. I would have because that would have been a at least a fifteen yard gain. I think. Um, you know the the thing is that there was just there was nothing special today. That's that's the thing. I need to see Mike Glennon make some more difficult throws. Now I'm not saying that we need to find another backup. That's not what I'm saying. But my opinion on Mike Glennon kind of hasn't changed from last week. Where yes, he did look better. He was a lot more efficient. Ten of thirteen for eighty six yards. You're averaging eight point six yards per completion. That's not that bad. But you know, uh, just making more difficult tight window throws is something that I would like to see if he does play the second half of next week. All right, Mike Lennon, Justin wants you to stop throwing to the open guys and throw to tight windows. <laughs> More tight window throws meaning like I know, I'm just down the I'm, field I'm and nitpicking. Running back two battle. Devontae Booker, six, ca- six carries, 27 yards, one touchdown, four and a half yards per pop, two catches, 13 yards. Clement, nine for 33.3 yards per carry. Devontae Booker is the backup running back to Saquon Barkley. And if there was any doubt about it before this game, the doubt is gone. Devontae Booker was signed. His contract shows that he would be the backup running back. And after this game, Devontae Booker made a couple guys miss while Clement tried to bounce a couple plays and got it turned into nothing. So Clement, I, I don't think that means Clement doesn't have a role on this team, but Devontae Booker is running back too. Yeah, I'd agree. Booker did look a little bit more powerful today. That north-south, more aggressive mentality, I think, came out more this game versus the Jets. He just looked generally slow, and Clement looked just generally more explosive. And this week, it was kind of kind of the opposite, where Clement wasn't taking what's in front of him, and Booker certainly did. And there was a third down checkdown that Glennon made, and Booker made somebody miss in the you know in, in the passing game, and yep. it was it was nice. It was it was it was nice to see Devontae Booker have a little bit of a bounce back game and. And do well. So I'm with you. I still do think that if there is a reality where Saquon Barkley, you know, is limited in his touches, so to speak, to kind of start the season, then Devontae Booker and Corey Clement, they should be splitting touches themselves. But Booker will probably get the majority of them. Speaking of Saquon, Ian Rappaport before the game said that the plan is to get Saquon in some team drills, including with the Patriots, which. You know, there was a debate if he would be back week one. I think it's safe to say Saquon's going to be back week one. Yeah, and I think we've like after this that. week, they have a full yeah. week of another like week of training camp, like you know, type practices, and then it's game prep. Saquon who Barkley has doubted who who I'm sorry I'm interrupting you, but who has doubted like Saquon Barkley's status for week one? Because I've I've seen a Ian ton Rappaport, of people. Jordan Renan. I've not. Have they doubted it though? Have they, they said, said that there's a chance he's not going to play? Yes, they've like literally said those exact words. That has never entered into, never entered into my mind that that was ever a reality. I mean, I've thought about it. I never thought it was going to happen, but I've I've thought about. It. I mean, Ian Rappaport doesn't just say stuff for the you know yeah. for the sake of it, and Jordan Renan said the same thing. Um. So, but Sandro didn't get any reps. That was a little pissed. Sad. I'm freaking pissed about that. Maybe they just want to like let him have his moment versus the Jets and just like keep it in history. No, and not, and not have it like be tarnished at all. Nope, I'm pissed about it. He's Gary Brightwell get, was back too. Um, so I mean, we probably won't see Sandro again because next week is the dress rehearsal. Yeah. How do you think Brightwell looked? Brightwell had a couple nice runs. He looked better than I thought. There was one play where it was the play where it was a face mask on not the guy that tackled Brightwell, but. 
somebody who was blocking another def- defensive back. I wanted Brightwell to lower his shoulder and run somebody over because he really tackled high, but instead Brightwell just freaking headbutted him and only got a little bit of yards after contact. I thought he looked decent. He didn't yeah, look he as slow decent. as I thought he would. He looked decent. I also do remember it's like every year, it's like whatever running backs playing in the fourth quarter looks good, you know? I mean, hell, even John Hillman looked decent at times in preseason. Wow. So, but he did look, like, he looked good. Like, I don't think he's not going to make the team unless I keep four running backs along with no. Elijah Penny. Um, but that was good. All right, bef- before um, we talk about some guys on the defense, read the ad. Sure. So, next week, Snacks and I, we are headed to Foxborough, Massachusetts, Gillette Stadium to see the New England Patriots and the New York Football Giants have a joint practice together Wednesday and Thursday. Practices are at 10 a.m. And then hopefully we'll be live streaming. Well, no, we're definitely live streaming on YouTube afterwards, but hopefully it's at around like 1.30 p.m. So follow the socials for our clips. Follow, you know, everything. Follow everything. Follow the YouTube for the live streams after. They're going to be like full-on practice reports. And the sponsor for today's show and the sponsor for that trip is going to be Manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming. It's back to school time. We want to make sure that you pack the essentials to have the best year yet. Manscaped, the fourth generation performance package. It's just that. Things are opening up, including joint practices between Giants and the Patriots. Be ready for whatever the daily schedule has ahead of you. It's the perfect package for your package and includes the brand new lawnmower 4.0. Fells, go for the Veil Dictorian of ball trimming, the Bill Belichick, the Joe Judge of ball trimmers, and join the 2 million worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com with the code GIANTS. Lawnmower 4.0, 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch, can engage in a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn 4,000K LED spotlight on and off whenever you need it for a more precise shave. Did we also mention the Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof? That is right. I may even bring it. I may even bring it to Foxborough with me. I don't know. Snacks time, we may go meet some ladies, Bobby. I don't know. I think we will. Boston? Yeah, you Kind of close by? Well, I, I got to bring it with me. So, Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, Performance Package 4.0. Thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring the trip. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code GIANTS when you check out. Thank you, Manscaped, again. Yeah, I mean, in Boston with Boston, you might want to protect yourself as well. That's true. Um, on the defensive side, we don't want you. Uh... Anyways, I will, hit, the... I will hit. I will hit somebody with the lawnmower 4.0. On the on the defensive side of the ball, let's talk about the edge room. Sure. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't rewatch this player individually yet, and I got some comments of like he wasn't setting the edge well. But O'Shane Zimenez was getting to the quarterback. He had a couple QB hits. He did have that cover sack with that's nothing. That's no play to write home about. Um, now, I will say probably like pass rushing versus like, you know, like second string pass rushers versus second string O-linemen might be like the biggest advantage of second of second string players. You know what I mean? Um, just because second string tackles are so bad in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, most first string tackles are bad in the NFL. Um but you know what? It was good to see. It was good to see. And we'll talk about some other edge guys. Like, they weren't making those plays. So, Lorenzo and Aziz are outside linebacker one and two. Those guys are the starting. But w- someone has to step up as the third guy. And why not it be O'Shane Zimenez? Like, he showed the most out of anybody out of any of these guys today. And, again, we can talk about setting the edge. It's like, did Ryan Anderson set at the edge? Well, no, because no. I noticed him not setting the edge more so. You know, uh, 
Trent Harris has been, you know, someone ex- that ha- I suppose he's had a good camp and played a little stack linebacker today. But it's like, do you, you really like counting on Trent Harris, Nico Lalos, and then Afedi Odenim? But like Afedi didn't do anything this game. Like he looked bad as a pass rusher. Like he did, like he had one good rep last week. This week he didn't make, he didn't have, have a single tackle and he played yeah. a good amount of reps. Like I am, if there's one player I'm very disappointed in, in preseason so far, yep. it's Afedi Odenabo. So right now, you know, I'm going to go rewatch and see how he looked first to run and see if it was that bad. But O'Shane Zimenez was getting to the pass rusher and we know that he has that pass, like that pure pass rush ability. It's year three, which has been players, especially pass rushers who might be a little developmental, kind of find their stride a little bit. And again, we didn't really get to see him play last year. So there's really not much to judge him off last year. So I think O'Shane Zimenez right now probably is that first guy off the bench after the top two. He's the first guy off the bench, and I will say this till the cows come home. He's the first guy off the bench on passing downs. Um, you'll you'll let us know, you know, when you look back and how he set the edge. But there, the first drive of the game where there was a big Cleveland play, and it kind of it ran, it sort of pseudo ran through his hole, ran through his gap, I guess, where he didn't, he flat out did not set the edge. So there definitely was one play in the beginning of the game where he did, where he just flat out did not do a good job, and it ran kind of right by him. So. Um, that is why you saw you saw O'Shane mostly in the four linebacker slash two edge rusher sets last year. When he was on the field last year, he was on the field with an additional outside linebacker and then also two other inside linebackers on the field. He was never really on the field when the Giants had three defensive lineman formations and then one edge rusher. And that's because usually when you have your big formation, you have your big boys out on the field, you want that fourth guy to be somebody who can set the edge and I don't know if O'Shane could do that consistently, and definitely a guy like Lorenzo Carter can, and we're hoping Aziz can as well. But O'Shane, I hate again. I'm, I'm it's really, a weak position group. It's a weak position group right now. Yeah, but I, I'm still poop. I'm I'm gonna poop. I'm poop pooing on him. This is the one guy. The one guy. I, I don't even know if I expect Aziz to just really beat and embarrass even guys like you know second string guys at this point because he's still so raw and he's still so young. If there's one guy that I really expected to have a game like he did today, it is O'Shane Zimenez. Are you, you're saying I feel like you're saying that with a negative connotation. I am. I am. But so you expected him to play the game that he played today, and he played it, and you're what? And you're mad. I am mad. I'm just mad in general right now. I don't know. I want to watch the Outer Banks. Um. Well, I mean, you got to edit the show afterwards. So I do. Like you, you're right. You might as well just put that to bed. Um, of watching that tonight. So, I might watch an episode. Actually, you know, I'm not saying what I'm watching because I don't want people to spoil it for me. And I know people will. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what the edge room looks like. D-line. Now, let's talk about... Uh, let's go from the exact opposite of, like, edge. It's like, can somebody set themselves apart and, and be good? D-line. It's like, we got too many people in this freaking position group. David Moa was all over the field. Had seven tackles. He even, like, he smacked Kyle Lillette at the end of the half, which was fun to watch. Like, he was making plays. And also, Raymond Johnson, who we, me and you both like, had three tackles, half a sack, one tackle for a loss. Do they keep a sixth defensive lineman? Because right now, you have Larry Williams, Dex, Danny Shelton, and Austin Johnson, and BJ Hill. Like, those are five. Do they do what they did last year with RJ McIntosh, where they keep a, they keep a sixth guy? Maybe he's not active, but it's like, we and we don't want to lose this guy. Um, because I think if Raymond Johnson has a good preseason, I think he's someone that could definitely get stolen by another team that yep. doesn't have the greatest interior defensive line in the league, like the Giants probably do. I think so Raymond Johnson does get stolen. Um, 
I think he did. I think he had a better game pass rushing wise versus the Jets last week. And again, I don't know how he did against the run because it's just tough to see. But during those passing downs, like he is the guy that I'm looking for, and he's always constantly making some sort of move. He's active. They love to stunt him. They love it. They love to stunt him, and you know he he starts in one area and then he runs around another interior defensive lineman. Then boom, you know he has a he has an open lane to a quarterback, and he's putting his hands up and he's getting and he's getting in the face of a quarterback. So it was fun to see David Moa though running down the field, not even on that one uh, that one play where he forced a fumble towards the end of the half on Luletta, but the dude is just the motor. He he his motor is insane, and he's making plays all over the field. Um, and he was on the practice squad last year for the Giants, so hopefully he's a guy that they can keep around. It would be a little redundant to have Austin Johnson, Danny Shelton, and Moa, so I think Raymond Johnson fits the team better in terms of having another pass rusher option at interior defensive line, which it may be redundant to B.J. Hill, but I don't care. I just like Raymond Johnson more. Well, even David Moa could be a guy... I don't even know if anyone's going to steal David Moa. Raymond Johnson, you can see, and I, that has a lot to do with some of those decisions. Yep. Um, how about this? Why about why about we trade BJ Hill? Last year of his deal, can we could we get anything for BJ Hill back and just put Raymond Johnson in that role? I mean, I look at it this way: where you know, if you got a sixth round pick for Marcus Golden, who was a proven pass rusher in this league, coming off of a ten sack season, and you got a sixth round pick for him, then what are you going to get for BJ Hill? Six round pick. That's the that's the only thing. Yeah, I don't think the market for BJ Hills is too much right now, but I guess it's an idea. Something yeah, it's, to, to yeah. think about. Um, you know what? Maybe you package. Yeah. Okay. Here, right. Maybe you package him in Ryan Santoso for like some type of player. By yep. the way, Ryan Santoso. There's a good chance he gets traded to the Patriots at the end of next week. Okay. Good chance. If he, do, if he has a good practice next week, there's a good chance he's traded to the Patriots. And this is a guess on your end? Yes, it's a very... Informed guess? Yeah. It's an informed guess. I mean, let's, you know what, let's cut the crap. Ian Rappaport talked about him being traded. Essentially, if he has a good... Like, the, like this week is like almost like a tryout for him with the Patriots. But your information, it's not based off of Ian Rappaport. All right, let's stop. Um, <clears throat> so, Ryan... Dude, if we could get... Anything for our backup kicker, that just gets me. That I mean, that really gets me going. Like that that's going. that's just great GMing right there. Getting something for your backup QB. That's like what the Ravens do every year. And you know, the Ravens are the only team with a special team coordinator as a head coach with Harbaugh. So, I mean, I, I I'm let's gonna get celebrate the, that. Let's get the six round pick back that we lost for um, Crossing. Crossing. Keon Crossing. Speaking of special teams, Cam Brown, is he just the gunner now? He's fun, I will say. I just poo-pooed on special teams. He's fun to see, you know, just chasing down dudes and knowing that he's an edge rusher. He was also playing interior linebacker, going back to his uh, his days at Penn State. That's what he was kind of drafted to. I don't know if he was drafted to be that, but transitioned to edge because the edge room was non-existent last year and the depth chart was thin. Um. Yeah, he's, he's fun. Chased down a, a – there was a punt where I think the Giants lost containment at first, but then he chased a guy down and made a nice play and made still made the tackle, I believe, just outside the 20 or right before the 20-yard line. How about that? Special teams, two weeks in a row. There you go. Good amount of special teams, like from all different angles. Casey Kreider, Carson Tinker, maybe we could trade him as a long snapper to another team. 
Maybe I'll time Carson Tinker's long snaps compared to uh, Casey Kreider. B.J. Hill, backup kicker, Tinker. Yep, and Big we'll trade. get, uh, you know, Quentin Michael, Nelson. Michael and Wayne back. Quentin Nelson. Maybe. Maybe if you're such a great GM, like maybe like Mark Dominic. Well, sports management worldwide is the global leader in online sports business education. We teach people how to work on the business side of sports. All of our classes are taught by industry professionals. You mentor, Your mentors have been in the game you want to work in and done the jobs you want to do. SMWW has had graduates for work for all 32 NFL teams, including Patrick Hanscom, who's an area scout for the Giants. We need to reach out to Patrick. SMWW can train you to be an agent, a scout, work in front office, work in a film with digital video editing tool, XOS Thunder, used by all 32 teams. Learn from people like former Tampa Bay GM Mark Dominic, football analytics gurus Aaron Schatz, um, football player development from NFL, like from former NFL coach Steve Fairchild. Learn the skills and knowledge you need to know to work in at all levels and turn your dream into reality they may not be able to teach danny dimes to finish out his 80 you know what they we have to read that line every time i'm changing it they may not be able to teach jalen hurst to complete 55 percent of his passes or mike mccarthy to be a decent head coach and learn how to you know have a a disciplined defense where you're not just like the most easiest trick play team like where when teams are playing you like hey we're gonna run our trick plays versus the cowboys because they have the most undisciplined defense and nfl history possibly you may not be able to teach washington how to pick a name after a freaking two years of not knowing a name pick a freaking name but they can teach you to work in football Apply free at smww.com and use the discount code GIANTS for $50 off the course of your choice. They offer courses in football, baseball, basketball, soccer, and more. If you have any, if you have always dreamed of a job working in sports, Sports Manager Worldwide can help you. From sports betting to esports, sports broadcasting. Hey, maybe I should take a course. They have the what you know and who you know to get you in the game you love. Can we talk about the bad? Rodarius Williams played a little safety. Matt Cole was that cornerback, which was weird. Seen number 83, and Trenton Harris played a little stack inside linebacker. No, we could talk about the bad. All right, well, here's something on Cole before we get to the bad. If he could play wide receiver, defensive back, and special teams all in one game, then Jabril Pipers can play offense. Why isn't that a thing? Why would it be a thing? Why would it be a thing? Because if Kader- basically, Jabril Peppers can be Kadarius Toney. That is the biggest reach I've ever seen. No, you're basing it purely off of high school football film, which every single player, every single wide receiver and corner on the on these teams played offense. But you, every single corner on the team played offense. You don't understand. Jabril Peppers has broken records, like I'm pretty sure nationally, like in track at the time. He was the probably the most highly touted. Is that the right word? Highly anticipated, like, high school prospect in the country. In the country at the time. Like, nobody had as much hype around him as Jabril Peppers did when he, like, made his decision where he was going to go and what he was going to do. So, tell me, it's my dream, and you can't take it away from me. I don't share the vision on that. All right, what what, what was bad? Devontae Downs, Sam Beal, Ryan Anderson. Bad. Ryan Anderson looked really bad. Dude, yeah. that's Sam Beal clip, and here's an idea for you. He just, like, floats. Like, he jumps for the ball and, like, floats away from the light. Like, you should make a video where it's, like, continuing into, like, the abyss of Sam that. Beal just floating away. I can do that. I mean, that was an embar- that was a very- that was an embarrassing rap. And then, do you know the, the song? Do, 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 Yeah, do, I was thinking you could do that, too. All right, got it. Just Come have it, like, floating through there. Um, 
yeah, that was that was pretty brutal. I'll put it on the Bob Papa Calls account because because I'll put music in it, so I don't get my account taken away. Right on. Um, put it on TikTok too. Oh, yeah. Um. Anything else? Well, Kyle Rudolph. Well, no. Well, can I? Can we talk about how bad Devonte Downs is? Can I? Can I? Like, I really don't. Why? I don't want to break it down. Here's the question I want to ask: Does Devonte Downs think he is a good football player? Like when he, when if you ask Devonte Downs, this how would you mean. evaluate yourself as a football player? Is he like confident? Doesn't play like it. Bad. Just very bad. Yeah, Ryan Anderson <laughs> didn't look very good at all. Like it was like, oh, every time he was in the, on the screen, it was him messing up. Um, when he when we found out that he wasn't cut, I got a little discouraged. Kyle Rudolph was running routes, and Joe Judge made it seem like he's going to be back this week, which is very encouraging because the last couple weeks have been like, what the hell's going on with Kyle Rudolph? That's the biggest storyline this week. IMO. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to be ready for week one. If he's if he's going to practice this week and be part of stuff, there's no reason why they they have. I mean, they have three more weeks until week one. If he's ramping up this week and becoming back part of the team, no reason to not be playing week one. Maybe I agree. You're, you're not giving him eighty percent of the snaps week one, but he should be playing. You know, close to whatever role you envision for him. He's a pro's pro. It's not like you need him to. You know he's not going to get a ton better throughout training camp. You know it's just getting him in shape and yep. and uh, up to, up to date with the plays and all that. But again, he's a he's a pro's pro, so I, I don't see that as being an issue for Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph, watch hashtag is going to be big this week when I'm in Massachusetts. Yes, that will be big. Make sure you get Kyle Rudolph clips. How about that? Yeah, Kyle Rudolph, watch Saquon Barkley, watch Kenny Galladay, watch those three things. Hashtag. Okay, so the show's over. Yeah, can I can I evaluate myself right now? Uh, well, I got some other things. What, what do you mean evaluate yourself? I, I I didn't have a good show. All right, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Did you have any thoughts about the fight on Friday? Um, I wanted the Giants to sign Troy Hill, and that's a bad look on me. I wanted them to target Troy Hill all game. Did he play? And he wasn't supposed to play, and he played a little bit because oh. Kevin Stefanski said, if you fight, you're going to play. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> and and they did. Which uh, That's your that price. <laughs> Can I tell you that Sterling Shepard isn't the only person uh, associated with the Giants that almost got into a fight on Friday. Did you get, almost get into a fight on Friday? I almost got into a fight on Friday. Oh, okay. Story time. Very serious. So Friday morning, I'm at the gas station, and it's a it's a gas station where you have two pump. It's just you know it's one like little central like gas pump thing. You have two pumps on one side, two on the other, and then so there's a lady with a bigger truck who is on the back pump of two pumps. So the front pump is available, and there's another person sitting behind her. But I'm like, well, I get I don't understand why that guy didn't pull around, but I'm gonna back into the spot and pump my gas. And there was plenty of room for her to get out, you know. And then, so I start pumping my gas. She she finishes, gets in her truck, and sits there for like twenty seconds, thinking she can't pull out. And I like I like I like wave her around, I'm like you got plenty of room. So she pulls out. The guy behind her who was waiting pulls up, and he says something like, "You know, you couldn't, uh, you know, you uh, you blocked her in." And I said, and I was just like, "What? 
what? Excuse me, what? He's like, he's like, you shouldn't have blocked her in. You saw, you know, I was waiting. I was like, I was like, she just left. So how are you going to say I blocked her? I was like, how did I block her in? He's like, anyways, you, you saw I was waiting. Like you, you shouldn't have done that. And I don't know. It just set me off. Cause it was just so dumb what he was saying. I was like, Hey man, why don't you shut the bleep up? You know, just got mm. all like, and he goes, he goes, why don't you shut the F up? Did you actually say you said that? Yes. Oh, I thought you said you wanted to say it. No, I said it? it. Good for and, you. And uh, and I, I can't remember said something. And he's like, "Who do you think you're talking to?" And I was like, "And I was just like you." And um, and he, you know, he said something. And uh, then I was like, I was like, I was like, "Hey, man, shut the f up or do something." And he goes, "Well, you shut the f up." I was like, "You have an issue with me?" I was like, "Either do something or go away." I was like, "You clearly have issues." And then he kind of like muttered something and just started pumping his gas. What afterwards. was the size of this human being? He was like six foot, six one. Oh well, I mean, that's not a smart life decision if you're choosing a fight against. You, you never know if he has a gun, which was in my well, head. It was like, which, does he have a gun? That was that the only thing been, that was in my head. Like, is yeah. does he have a gun? That has been your incentive to not fight. Which honestly, that should be the incentive. For everybody in today's world not to fight because people will pull out a gun. Yeah, I mean, I was, it just set me off. It's like, dude, what you're saying makes no sense. You said that she couldn't pull out. What was that, she your wife? literally <laughs> just pulled out. She just pulled out. What do you mean I didn't give her room to pull out? I'm going to She clip pulled that. out. I'm going to clip that. Stop. Women don't pull out. <laughs> um, so that's not how that works. But I, I mean, I was just livid. Like, oh, man. It was just like it was like arguing with a stupid person. That's why I was like, you know what, man, shut up, just shut up. Freaking pissed me off. I held um, the door open for somebody recently, and they didn't say thank you. And then I said, "You're welcome to them." That's see, I'm not. You say you shouldn't do stuff like that. Well, I'm a bad guy. I mean, I already know this. So, so you're like, that's worse than trying to fight someone at a gas pump is doing that. I'm um, a bad guy. The Sterling Shepard fight stuff was pretty funny, though. Made I mean, some good memes. Oh yeah, and I love the people being like, uh, "Troy Hill's from Youngstown." And it's like, and one of the, I had a great someone had a great. Does reply. that mean something? Am I supposed to know what that? Well, means? Youngstown has like a lot of fighters and boxers and stuff. Oh, and then okay. so someone replied with like the picture of him like with his thumbs sticking out and like his hands up in the air. It's like, it's like you, is Youngstown really going to claim this dude? Um, shouldn't. So, and then I I made fun of his set where it's like his hands are high in the air. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this is how I know you're not from New York. And I responded, I was like, this is how I know you're not from Florida, because they do this everywhere, dummy. Um, which I usually don't, rep- like, I've been good about not replying to negative responses, but I was like, you know what, that that one annoyed me. Like, don't act like only people in New York fight with that set. Like, it, it is it is nationwide. It's, like, and Troy it's Hill's not, not a good even- stance. Troy Hill's- not fight it's like a bad that. stance. I was making fun of it. And Troy Hill's not even from New York, so. Um... That's it. Do you got anything you else before fight. we close this show down? You should not fight with your hands above your head. No, it's a it's a horrible set. It leaves your chin wide open, and then any punch you have, like you got to like it, it's just wasted motion. Like when people get mad at Daniel Jones for patting the ball, having your hands up in the air like that is wasted motion because you essentially have to bring him down to like pack some power into your punch. If you're slap boxing, maybe it works because you kind of have your elbows protecting your face, and no one's gonna slap like into your chin like that. But just fighting, it's a horrible set. Are we rubbing off on the Giants? Yes, the culture of violence. No, the Giants are rubbing, rubbing off on us. They have a, a lawsuit of being a culture of violence. Reciprocal 
relationship. They call that reciprocity, you know. I don't know. I did not know that. Yeah, now you know. All right, All right anything else? No. Um, sorry you listened to the show. <laughs> Why? I thought there was... What do you mean, sorry? I This was a bad game to talk about because, like, not a lot happened and everybody that played is, like, not going to make the It's better than talking team. about practice. It's better I than love any talking about episode. practice. It's Don't do that to me. off-season episode. I love talking about practice. All right. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you with PPPs all week. Friday, um, Justin's going to be in New England the whole week, so Justin will be from New England on the Friday pod. We'll have Zach Rosenblatt on the show. So we'll see you guys then. We appreciate you. Make sure to join the live streams, by the way. Like, we have to hit a certain number of views, and part of that is, you know, the way we can continue to do these type of things to get them sponsored. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.